In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Our Gospel is so jam-packed with action, I really only want to spend some brief moments talking about our other two readings. Our first reading comes from the Book of Wisdom. This first chapter of the book really contrasts righteousness with unrighteousness, and the line just before our excerpt this weekend helps to frame it in view. Do not court death by your erring way of life, nor draw to yourselves destruction by the work of your hands. And then our passage begins. Because God did not make death, nor does he rejoice in the destruction of the living. There's more that we could say here, but we're going to keep moving along. Our second reading is really fascinating because we could hear it at Mass and completely miss the context of St. Paul's words. In short, St. Paul is asking for money here. In chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians, Paul is talking about taking up a collection for the holy ones in Jerusalem, as he calls them. When we hear him say, may you excel in this gracious act also, the gracious act he's talking about is that they might donate their money to fellow Christians in Jerusalem. But to further drive home the point, Paul takes the example of Jesus as a model for why they should give of their money. Though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. When he's talking about Jesus being rich, he's not so much talking about him being rich during his time with the Holy Family, because clearly he wasn't rich by worldly standards, but rather that Jesus was rich in that he was the fullness of God in the Trinity, and yet at the same time, embrace the poverty of humanity. Paul concludes this thought with a quote from Exodus. Whoever had much did not have more, and whoever had little did not have less. It's taken from the story of when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and received the manna. God provided for them so that they all received enough for their daily sustenance. He's making a parallel that the Corinthians, too, should keep the Exodus story in mind so that they might provide daily sustenance to those in Jerusalem. Our Gospel reading is actually two stories within a story. It's a marking technique to sandwich a story within a story, sort of like a storyception here. So we'll start with the middle story, that of the woman with a flow of blood, and then work outwards to the story that surrounds it. According to the Jewish law, bleeding of any kind caused ritual impurity. Therefore, when we're told that the woman had been afflicted with hemorrhages for 12 years, we have to picture that this woman would have been considered ritually impure during that entire time. What do we mean by ritually impure? It meant that in order to become clean again, the woman would have to wait for a passage of one week when the bleeding had ceased. After that week, she'd have a priest make an offering on her behalf. And until that time, she had to avoid others, because if other people touched her, they would become unclean as well. Not to mention that anything she touched also became unclean. Now, as you're imagining how crazy this all sounds, picture the scene of our gospel story. Here comes this woman, who has been considered unclean for over a decade, and she's pressing through the crowd to get to Jesus. As she's pushing through, naturally, she's touching other people, and without them knowing it, she's making them unclean, according to the law. She's risking everything to touch Jesus, which, by the way, would also be forbidden because she's, as we said, unclean. But at this point, her condition is dire. She's physically ill, ritually unclean, and the other treatments she's tried has left her near poverty. She places her faith in Jesus. And when she touches him, she's immediately healed. 
But this isn't the only ritually unclean person healed in our gospel this weekend. No, Jairus' deceased daughter was also considered ritually unclean. And in fact, the impurity that came from touching a dead body was considered the worst of all. And yet, what do we see Jesus do? He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum. Here we should be hearing big alarm bells going off. Ah, ah, unclean, unclean. Jesus, the Holy One of God, is doing the most unclean thing imaginable. He's touching a dead body. And yet see that God's power cannot be confined to the structures of clean and unclean. The little girl is brought back to life. And as she is, she raises up the same word that describes Jesus' own resurrection. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.